Hey, let's give it a round of applause for the Lord today. Amen. You know, usually the, the way I, I prepare my messages is um, on Sundays when I go home, I'm already thinking about the topic that I will speak about the following Sunday. So I get home, I take a nap, and then when I wake up, you know, I get energized and, and I start uh, writing, you know, a few thoughts. And then during the week, I read, I do research, I pray. And today, I wanted to speak on the subject of why quitting is not an option. And I've been so excited about this topic. And uh, at 2 p.m. on Friday, um, just out of the blue, I, I got this change in physical energy. And I was like, oh, man, because I know my body, you know. I was like, I'm going to get sick. I know that for sure. So when I left work on Friday, I had a this big, big, big fever. And I was in bed the whole day yesterday. And I was um, couldn't sleep very well today in the morning, like at 3 a.m. I look at my clock and I'm like, should I call Malathy and, and, and maybe Richard, Richard can preach today? <clears throat> but, um, you know, I was thinking about the topic, uh, why quitting is not an option. So I said, no, I, I got to go. <laughs> so uh, I got up, got my Starbucks coffee, brought my water. So if you see me a little dizzy, it's not that I'm dancing in the spirit. No, it's, it's, the, it's the Avil PM that, that is still on my system. <laughs> so... I want to take you to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9. And, uh, but I do at least want to share with you at, at least the introduction of what, what I want to speak about. And maybe next Sunday, you know, I can finish this up. But I want to share with you sometimes uh, the first point that children of God do feel like quitting sometimes. The children of God do feel like quitting sometimes. Before the prayer today, I read Jeremiah chapter 1, and, and it is so beautiful how God spoke to Jeremiah in a revelation and said, Jeremiah, get ready. I will use you, and by the way, um, I will use you to speak, against the, to speak against the priests, the shepherds, uh, kings, kingdoms, Armies, I will do all, all that with you, but I need something from you. I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to be terrified because if you get terrified, then I will terrify you before them. So, and when you get yourself in a very negative situation, I want you to know that I will rescue you, says the Lord. So, Jeremiah has this big promise, and Jeremiah begins to preach. Uh, about God and about repentance, but as the years continue to pass by, Jeremiah is noticing something. Jeremiah is actually known in the Bible as the crying prophet because he's a very sensitive prophet. He, he cries, you know, when he prays. Uh, and his, his heart is broken. Uh, he's you know, he, he feels the pain of, of God in seeing his people uh, not coming back, you know, to him. So Jeremiah keeps preaching and keeps sharing with people the, the good news about God and, and repentance and coming back to the Lord. 
And he starts noticing that as he preaches, there's other preachers that are preaching kind of like the same message that he is preaching, but not exactly. Preachers are telling people, do not listen to Jeremiah. Listen to the word of God that we have for you. And these preachers are telling the people of Israel, you guys are doing okay. Don't worry. Stay where you are. Uh, God is with us. And the people like what these other preachers are sharing, but they're not listening to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is saying, come back to the Lord. Obey his commands. Do not worship idols. Change. Because if we don't change, then the judgment of God is going to come upon you. And he will give us in to other people. We will be slaves if you don't repent and change right now. And of course, you know, people... Don't like, at least, you know, back then didn't like, you know, what Jeremiah was preaching. So Jeremiah started to notice that not only his message that God has sent him to preach wasn't getting the results that, that he wanted, that he expected, but people were becoming more insensitive towards the message that he had. So years and years, you know, started to go by and nobody got saved. Nobody changed. So we come to the chapter 9, to chapter 9 in Jeremiah. And I want, to three, I want to read these three verses because part of the message, you know, that I want to share with you today is that, yes, what you feel or what you feel sometimes, it is real. Sometimes children of God, sometimes leaders do feel like quitting. So verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 1 says, Oh, that my head were a spring of water, and my eyes a fountain of tears. I will weep day and night for the slain of my people. Oh, that I had in the desert a lodging place for travelers, so that I might leave my people and go away from them. So we can see here in this chapter 9 that Jeremiah was probably experiencing some symptoms of depression. So... Symptoms in which you've been doing this so much for so long and you don't see the results that you want. And instead of seeing the results that you want, you're seeing the opposite results that you want. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, you start to cry and you start to feel emotionally the pain, the, the lack of results, you know, uh, that, that everything that you're doing is not bringing the results that you want. And then... He says, I will weep day and night. I will cry day and night. So he's, he's suffering. And then at the end of the verse number two, he says, oh, that I will have a place in the desert where I could escape and just stay there by myself and escape and leave. So the first thing I want to I wanna make clear today and this morning that sometimes, yes, the children of God do feel like they want to quit. But that's not all the message. That is a feeling. That is temporary. When, when we feel like that and we feel like, you know, we just want to go away and hide and be away, you know, from everything that is happening around us, I think it's okay to feel like that sometimes. But sooner or later, we have to come back to the promise, you know, that God has given us. Because God said to Jeremiah, uh, if you have your Bibles in chapter 1, God said to Jeremiah, okay, Jeremiah, you are the man for this time. You are the man for this moment. 
You are the man for this exactly hour. I have chosen you. And God tells Jeremiah in verse 17, number one, Jeremiah, get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. God is looking for people nowadays who can get themselves ready so that God can do what he wants to do in our church, in our community. Notice that Jeremiah probably at that time, he, he, hadn't, he didn't have like a clear vision of what God wanted to do in his life. So he was probably, you know, living, living a normal life until God showed up and brings this revelation and says, Jeremiah, I chose you from a long, 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 long time ago. Even before you were born, I already knew you. I already knew who you were. I already knew your parents. I knew your background. I know your strengths. I know your weaknesses. I know everything that has happened in your life. But what I want you to do is right now start getting ready because you are the man for this time. That's the number one thing, you know, that God asked for him. Get yourself ready because I want to use you. I think here in Agape Church, God is looking for people who can get themselves ready. Maybe you haven't had like a clear picture of how God wants to use you or what God wants to do through you in your life, you know, for the community. But one clear sign is God is looking for people to step up and say, God, here I am with what I have, with my life with the things that are not perfect in my life, with whatever background you have, with whatever mistakes you've made in life, get yourself ready because I will use you and say to them whatever I command you, do not, do not be terrified by them. A lot of us, you know, sometimes we get terrified by the challenge. When, <clears throat> when I graduated from high school, uh, it's very common in other countries. I haven't seen it so much in the United States, but I have seen it in other countries. You meet pastors who are, you meet senior pastors who are under the age of 18. I don't know if you've seen that in India, Madagascar. I've seen it in Central America and South America. When I was 17, I had these two friends who were girls. You know, we were in Bible school. And uh, there was a church in the north of El Salvador where the civil war had hit really, really bad. Every single pastor that had gone to that church wouldn't last not even a year. They would quit because the level of violence, you know, was so much that nobody wanted to stay there. But a church was needed. And I remember when the chaplain, you know, of the Bible school, you know, he said, let's pray for God to send a pastor to this church. The church has a building. Uh, there's a congregation of about 70 people in this town. Let's pray that God will raise up somebody so that we can send them and continue to reach out to this town called Chalatenango. It's a, it's a town between Honduras, Nicaragua, and El Salvador. And uh, the next week, we, we had been praying, you know, because we were studying full-time uh, a Bible school. So we were interceding and praying, you know, for God to provide somebody there to go there, but nobody wanted to go there. So at the end of the week, uh, I was very surprised that the chaplain of the Bible school, 
introduced the future pastors of that church. And it was one of my friends. Her name was Karen. Uh, the other one uh, was a friend of my friend. But these two girls were 17 years old, and they were the ones who were going to go to this town where there were a lot of gangsters and, and terrorists. And my friend Karen, she was going to be introduced as the senior pastor of that church. And I remember when they introduced Karen, I was like, oh, my gosh, Karen, why did you say yes? Uh, it's going to be really tough. So I was really, really scared, you know, about them. And... Uh, some of you might be surprised and say, oh, my gosh, that's so irresponsible. How can parents, you know, allow their daughters to do that? It happens a lot. Um, so these two girls went to that church. And um, after 10 years, they were very, very, very successful. One of them, you know, met her husband in that town. She got married, had kids. The other one, you know, came back to Bible school and continued studying and continued doing ministry. But no, nobody would have imagined that a 17-year-old girl was going to step up to the plate and say, I will go. Because you know what? There were a lot of men in the room and nobody wanted to go to that place. And sometimes God is looking for something to just say yes. God, there's... There's a, there's a lot of people in this community who desperately need somebody who can go and touch them. Do you know what the good news about God? If God spoke to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, get yourself ready. Do, do what needs to be done so that you can be ready, but get yourself ready. Do what I need you to do. Do not be terrified because I am with you. So my question for you is, are you going to get ready for this challenge? We have been coming up, you know, with a number uh, in the life group. Uh, some of you guys know about what we're doing uh, by the second week of December. We, we want to have like a certain amount, you know, people here in the church. We have taken it as, as a challenge, you know, in the life group to do that, to reach out some people. And about three weeks ago, or maybe four weeks ago, we started to say, hey, can anybody bring like a faith number? How many people do you think we can bring into the church by the second week of December? And you know something that I noticed? That most men gave like a small number. And women gave the biggest, biggest number. Like a lot of men have said, well, I think by the second week of December, we can add 10 more people to our congregation or 15 more people. And some of us will be like, oh, yes, amen, you know, we'll do that. And then there's this girl who came and she said, well, I think we can have 299 people in our church by December because that's the capacity of the building, right? So we can do it. And we said, okay, amen. So we're going to start strategizing for that, you know, this coming two weeks. But that just speaks about, you know, the level of faith that, that we have. God says, get ready. I'll do my part, but do your part as well. Now, sometimes we don't see the results that we want, and we go back to chapter 9, where Jeremiah started to feel maybe a little bit of loneliness, maybe started to feel that his, whatever he was doing didn't have any purpose, or whatever the words that God has spoken into his life were not becoming a reality because he was seeing the opposite 
of what he was promised or what or the or just the opposite of what he wanted to accomplish and that is normal i want you to know that if you ever feel tired that is normal if you ever feel like wow i feel lonely i feel like i'm just by myself you know in this battle it is normal to feel like that but that doesn't mean that you are alone there's another scripture that I like so much that God shared with Jeremiah when Jeremiah, you know, was going through those difficult times uh, in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Uh, Jeremiah had a lot of questions. Okay, God, I'm not seeing the results. It's been like so many years. People are not changing. People are not getting saved. So, okay, Lord, so what is the purpose? Am I serving you by not getting the results that you expect to see or you want to see. So when Jeremiah was at that difficult moment, God spoke to Jeremiah in the verse 3 of chapter 33 and said, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and, and teach you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I think one of the best things that we can show God during all the difficult times and the challenges, especially in ministry, the question is not, Lord, why me? Or why right now? I think the question is, God, what do you want to teach me? Because it's what God speaks to Jeremiah. I will teach you. I can teach you things that you don't know. Unsearchable things. Unsearchable truths. Things that your eyes cannot see. I can teach you, but just call on to me. Tell me. Ask me. I understand how you feel, but ask me and I will teach you. And I think that has to be the question for us to ask God today. Lord God, where we, where we are right now in my life, don't ask the question, why me, Lord? Why for so many years? Why did I have to go through this? Why do I have to go through that? Why are you putting me through this process? Maybe the question is, God, why, what are you trying to teach me today? What is the purpose of this process? What is the purpose of this trial? What is the, what is the purpose of this opposition? Or what is the purpose of what you're doing right now? What is the purpose? Teach me and God will teach you. But let me tell you, God is looking for people in this church who can get ready. Are you ready? Yes? Okay, let's pray. Father God, I right now, Lord God, we, we come before you one more time, Lord God. Lord, I understand that a lot of people may feel like Jeremiah in chapter 9, where he probably feels symptoms of just being depressed, Lord God, and feeling like he's on his own, like nobody understands his pain. He wants to run away. But, Lord God, you tell him in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, that he needs to call on you because you're going to teach him things that his eyes can't see. Maybe there's things, Lord God, that our eyes can't see in this community, in Pasadena, Lord God, just one mile around this church. I pray, Lord God, right now that we will continue to get ready as a church, as a Christian community, to speak the words, to do what you want us to do, Lord God, so that people can know about the gospel of Jesus Christ in this place, Lord God, in this community. 
I pray that we will, we will get ready, step up to the challenge, Lord God. And it's normal sometimes to feel like we're not doing enough or we're not capable of doing it, Lord God. But Lord, you have promised, just like you promised in Jeremiah chapter 1, that you will be with us all the time. You didn't say it was going to be easy. You didn't say there were not going to be situations or circumstances in which we were going to feel like we were drowning. But you say, I will rescue you, says the Lord. Lord, whatever we are right now, however we feel right now, Lord God, maybe like Jeremiah in chapter 9, I pray that we will come back to the main purpose, and it is to be obedient. Obedience to the calling. Obedience to what you have called us to do because you want us to do it. We thank you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.